Hi, my name is Allison. I'm a compulsive overeater and bulimic. Hi. I really like this meeting. Um, I have an unusual history with the meeting, which I will kind of intersperse um, with things I talk about. Um, so I am a compulsive eater. I am also a bulimic. Um, I, it's November. I have 10 and a half years of not having sugar in the first five ingredients, agave, honey, honey, alcohol, white flour, um, and trying not to do like desserty things. Um, one day at a time, I imperfectly do it. There might be a salad dressing. I ask a waiter several times and they tell me no when it's really there and yes. Um, I have, um, in March, I had t- so I've a little, almost 11 years of not purging, which is huge for me. I am, um, I want to say like tried and true bulimic, but I, from a very young age, um, did not know the tools. And I come from a family where we didn't really know the tools. My father was a compulsive overeater. He passed away at the age of 64 as a byproduct of this disease. Um, from stories I hear, my grandmother, who I'm named after, died also in her early 60s and was an untreated diabetic. Like, she was diabetic, but she would eat whatever she wanted, and then before a doctor's appointment, she would starve herself, so her blood sugar was normal. So, like, and um, there's stories of my uncle when he was growing up purging, and my mother, when she was nervous, would throw up. So, like, if there was an instruction manual, it was never given to my family, like, we're wonderful people. We're intelligent. We're smart. We try to be on top of things. Um, but we're also very obtuse. Like, there's just things I never learned that I have learned since being in program that my sponsor has taught me since being married. It's been a little uncomfortable. But my husband has taught me how to properly wash a dish. I thought I washed it. And I had a former roommate where she would say, like, you didn't wash it. I'm like, no, no, it's Allison washing it versus how you wash it, which is not the same thing. Like, because I didn't want to feel that shame. Like, I wanted how I did it to be okay, and it can be if it's my containers and my dishes. But if it's shared stuff, there's a different level. Um, Washing my hands. Apparently, you're supposed to use water before you get the soap, and then you're supposed to lather it. I'm a very impatient person. I don't like, like, I'm happy to see the bubbles, but I'm not going to spend time to make the bubbles. So what my husband does now is he buys the foaming hand soap, so the bubbles are already there. So, like, sometimes these moments happen where... I'm taken care of. Um, but I just, my family, we showed love and we dealt with sadness by eating food. And frozen dessert items would never last the night in the house. We'd buy a container of something, we'd maybe have a little, and then in the morning there would be one sad clump left. Like, if you want it, you got to wake up in the middle of the night to get it. And God forbid it was something with a, with a ribbon in it. If it had, like, a ribbon, it would be eaten through with the ribbon. Like, it was just, like, amazing. And it was normal, or it was how I thought things were. And as a child, like, if I would go to a friend's house where they had junk food, because it never lasted in our house, I would always want to take it, and I would want to have it, or one for later. And I would, as a child, my brother stole money, and I saw him do it. So I was like, if he's doing I can do it. And I'd steal money and then buy junk food. You know, and and later on, when I babysat, I would, if there were the, the wonderful people who fundraise by selling baked goods, I would eat like a sleeve or two. Like it just, and I'd have their breakfast items. Like I would, I would eat because that's what I knew. I, um, at least for me, I, again, always talk, only talk for myself, not for program, have a whole lot of sadness. Like when I put the food down, like I understand why I ate. 
Like, there's a lot of, pardon my French, but there's a lot of shit there. Like, there's a lot of stuff. And I'm not done yet. I've got, you know, ten and a half years of recovery, and I hear that your age increases by the time, like, from when you started, when you started your disease, so probably around 11, 12. I'm now 22, so I'm a functioning adult, but I'm not the 35 I am in, like, human years. You know, I'm not there yet. But, but that's, I'm glad that I'm not for today in the food. And the miracle of this program is that I get to show up one day at a time as a person who lives in integrity. Because for so long I thought I was, but I was not. I, I, when the How It Works says you need to be, the people who don't get this program are incapable of being constitutionally or entirely honest. They're constitutionally incapable of being entirely honest. I was, and I didn't know I was. That's, that's the amazing thing is the level of denial of like, no, it wasn't me, or no, that wasn't mine. Or so many times I would drop something, I would spill something, I would do something and think someone else will clean it up. Someone else will clean it up. That's just what it'll be. And um, I went to a meeting, I want to say it was a week or two ago, and there was like a puddle in front of the doorway to the meeting. And I didn't make the spill, but I was like, it's my responsibility as a person going to this meeting. Since I visibly can see it, I should clean it up. So I went and got paper towels and put it down and then got more paper towels. I was just afraid that someone older was going to come in and slip on it and fall and hurt themselves. And maybe it's just a living amends. Maybe it's just the right thing to do, which is not my first thought, but it is my first action. And that's what program told me how to do. The first thought is, like, keep walking. Or, like, had that happen, wasn't my fault. But no, no, like, it's there. You are now a person responsible. If you walk by it, then you're, you're contributing to that being in there. You didn't do something about it. It would be like, oh, no, that was there when I got there. And let me just give you an example of, um, I want to say I was... I was 10 or 11 years old I was going to um, religious school and I had to go to the bathroom and there was someone in there and instead of like there was it was a woman's room and there was a men's room I didn't go to the men's room but I sat and I held it and then I I I, I pooped my own pants and I sat in it and I went to class and I and people were like what's that smell and I'm like it's already been here I don't know I don't understand like I didn't know enough to like that's not okay like, there's things you can do, there's a way of coping, and it's not your fault, it, it's shameful, it feels shameful, and, and there's just ways of, like, okay, so if that happened today, like, I am a woman, and I often get my period, and I'm never prepared for it, and as a woman, I really resent that I never chose to get my period, but every single month, this thing happens where I have to take care of my body, and my disease helps me be out of my body. Like, I don't want to be in my body. I don't want to have to feel things. I don't want to have to take care of my back or my eyes or my teeth or all of these things. I don't want to have to worry about it. I don't want to get gray hair, wrinkles. Like, come on, I've dealt with enough. Haven't I felt enough pain? Why do I have this? But this is what people do. This is, this is normal self-care. I never learned. I never got the muscles. I never got trained in it. And, you know, my parents are wonderful people. Um, my mom today is so funny. I was talking to her on the phone. I, I had a job interview, and she was, was talking about something, and she was saying, oh, I think about you. Like, I think about your program, and, like, I think, what would Allison do? And what I would love is if my mom thought, what would Allison do? She would go to a meeting. My mom should work a program. But my mom decides to get program light through me, which is fine, which is great. She can acknowledge and see um, that program has really helped me. And in the beginning, she was like, do you think you'll keep doing this for a while? And then my thought was, I hope so. Like, I hope that this is a thing I'm doing. Like, I saw there was a meeting I went to when I first came in. It was the women who were 50-plus on Thursday, and there were people who had been there 30-something years. And I was like, I want to be one of those women. 
I want to be able to complain to my grandkids and not eat food and like have shown up for my life at that point. Because I had this fantasy in my head that I could be a golden girl. When I'm 60 or 80 years old, I can say F it and then eat whatever I want because like life's over. But like if I'm not living my life, then is that real? Like I can do it, but is that a full life? Thank you. Is that really me showing up? Or is it just me looking out for myself? And is it really even me enjoying who I am? Am I in a person who's living in integrity? My sponsor always says, I get self-esteem through esteemable acts. Um, And I didn't get it. Like, I used food, and I used TV, and I used fantasy and sex to not be in my mind or my body. And to make my world smaller. Because it's easier when it's smaller. I, I know what to do. It's not great, but I know the path. It's the same path I've been on. Maybe it's poo or maybe it's muddy, but it's mine. I know it. You know, it's warm. It's okay for me versus taking a shower and getting clean. You know, I, I just, I have learned how to have discomfort in this program. And what happened for me was I came in, I heard people talk about some of the shameful things I did with food. I didn't have to feel alone. It wasn't like the many support groups, the many therapists I went to where I'd wait for my turn to talk or I tried to have the best story. I always wanted to get the ooh or ah. And even sometimes in program, like when I say a joke and someone laughs or like, you know, when you have that really good, sad share and people are like, oh, and I'm like, yes, I get the points. This is not a, a game where we have points. Like this is not a competition. We are all in this together. And I get out what I put in when I listen and I I check my ego at the door and I have humility of like, I've got 10 years, but like, what if tomorrow some thought in my head that some pastry is a good idea and I have it and then I can be back in the food and who knows how long it'll take me to get back out. Like we all eat food every single day. And there's times where I might have, um, my husband and I went to London a few months ago and we went to a like plant-based, no sugar restaurant and we shared you know, a sugar-free cookie and hot cocoa. And it was like, I thankfully higher power was in the room. I had a few bites and I was like, let's have some water. Let's pause on this. Like maybe for today that doesn't like get me going, but I don't need to F around with that. Like what? Like a cookie's worth my life? Because my husband in, in his wonderful sweetness is like, oh, like how great is this? And told the waitress, like this is the first time my wife and I have shared cookies and like milk and like how, how great is it? And I'm like, okay. And then later on, he's like, I wonder if we shared a bottle of wine. I'm like, you can keep thinking that. Like, I I just, like, I I know for today, certain things don't work for me. And I'd love to be normal, but I'm not. I'm really not. And I, um, (sighs) so funny thing. Apparently, my mother-in-law used to come to this meeting. I, I told her at one point, like, that I go to a meeting. She's like, oh, yeah, I tried that. I went to that meeting. Da, da, da. Okay. And, and I, I love her, and I'm in no way trying to out another person. But, like, when she eats food, she doesn't really eat food. Like, she has a way of eating that maybe if I was her sponsor, I might say she want to talk to her power, power about it or, like, look at her food plan. That's her choice. And she has been doing what she's been doing for 50-something years. Do I want to do what I'm doing for the next, I'm 35 years old, the next 50 years? No, no. Because when I'm in that, I'm waiting for the waiter to come out with my dish. I'm waiting for like, when can this person leave so I can eat more food? I'm not listening to what they're saying when I'm having a conversation. I'm not present. I'm thinking, when can I get more? Or that wasn't enough. Or like, so much of my mind was like, knowing that exact right treat I wanted to have versus what I want my life to be. 
or who are people I can think of or who can I reach out to to see how they're doing. There just there was no space inside for anyone else, which again, cozy, small, wonderful. Um, and what happened was I had a sponsor who we were working the steps and I had a binge and purge and she's like, have you hit a low enough bottom? Like, are you done? And I totally resented her saying that. How dare she? How dare she? I just purged. You know how hard that feels? You know how uncomfortable it is? And she's like, have you hit the bottom? And I was angry at her. And I thought, like, I, I think that is. Like, do I need to feel more pain? Because I know what it feels like to stuff my body until there's no more food, or, like no more space left, or the food starts coming up. Or as a bulimic, being panicked when you're trying to purge and the food won't come out, and you're like, why won't it come out? Why won't it come out? Or sometimes practically choking on the vomit in my throat. Like, that was not an enjoyable experience. Like, have I done that enough times? Do I need the 10,000 hours of, of purging and binging? I think I'm good. And I was willing to do my four step and write down everything I resented and all the things I felt shameful over. And um, I got my, after I started doing that, I was able to hit 60 days, which was great. And then I was eating cherries and I started eating some. And then suddenly that ba- the, I hit the counter, like the bag was gone. And my sponsor was like, do you think that was abstinent? And I was like, yeah, isn't it? Like, it's, it's not dessert. It's not, like, a sugary thing. And I was like, no, that's, that probably doesn't work for me. And on that Tuesday, I took a 60-day chip. And then um, I think it was the following week, or it might have been, like, two or three weeks later, I came back, and I raised my hand, and I apologized. I took a chip when two days ago I had a very large quantity of food, which, by definition, is overeating and was not clean. And I felt such... Fear of raising my hand and saying that and owning it, like claiming my seat as a compulsive overeater and as an imperfect person. How could anyone love me? I'm a piece of poo. How dare I stand up and take a chip when I shouldn't? But like, I was never kicked out of the meeting. I wasn't kicked out of the program. I wasn't banned. There's no sign. No Allison's allowed. You know, people gave me hugs and thanked me. How great it was. And I started to be more and more honest about all of these things I ate over all of the shame that I didn't have to eat over. And I started working, you know, more of the steps, and I made the amends, and I contacted a college professor. I cheated on a test. I contacted employers. I misused my discount. I sent people I babysat for money. I tried to do everything I could because I wanted to keep what I had. Because what this program says is if we do this, you will find, I think, the 12 steps is as the result of these steps. You'll get an awakening. And I get to see things a different way, and I get to show up. Um, And something I was thinking about, I made a little list. Oh, I didn't bring it with me. Um, There are so many things in my life I thought would go a certain way, and a bunch of them didn't. Like, I, when I graduated college, wanted to work for Neiman Marcus as a buyer, which I didn't get, which is maybe a blessing, because as a active bulimic in very conservative Dallas, Texas as a loud Jewish woman, maybe not the best fit for career choices. Um, I took a job at Bloomingdale's. I wanted to go into consulting and I needed to pay rent and I was there and I worked my way up. And I wanted this promotion to go from a executive assistant to manager and I didn't get it. And then six months later, I got this other position which became assistant manager for cosmetics. And the manager, unfortunately, was let go. And it took him a year to uh, find someone to replace that spot. And in that year, I turned around that business. And I showed Bloomingdale's what I could do. And the CEO came and, like, didn't really talk to me much. And I, that morning, 
I went to a 7 a.m. meeting, and I forget who it was who shared, but someone was talking about being human and putting on pants one leg at a time or pooping just like everyone else. And I had this moment where the CEO was like, anyone want to, you know, do you want to say anything? And I was like, yeah. Um, there was this book we were reading from Nelson Mandela, and it was called Mandela's Way. Each chapter was like a quote from him or some idea. And one of them that I really struck me was, courage is not the absence of fear. And I said, hey, so like courage is not the absence of fear. Thank you. And I was like, and he was like, oh, okay, why? And I said, well, you know, I'm just this lowly assistant manager running this department, and you are the CEO of this company, but you're just a guy who, you know, poops like everyone else or some variation on that. And everyone kind of laughed, and he's like, can I be a guy who puts on pants one leg at a time? And I was like, yeah, sure, I'm sorry. Like, that, that's a better way of doing it. And a year later, he saw me and said, I thought of you this morning when I put on my pants. So I made an impact on the CEO of this company. And then I... My husband sent me a message on a dating site um, two years before I messaged him. He sent me a message. I apparently ignored it. And then like two years later, I sent him a message, which was maybe a good thing. Because two years earlier, I might not have been ready to meet my person yet. I wasn't there. I had this analogy of like higher powers got me in the oven. Like it wasn't time yet. I was still a little raw. It wasn't time to take me out of the oven for me to meet my person who I met and I learned how to date in this program one date at a time. You meet someone, do you want to see them one more time? Not next week, not next month, not Valentine's Day, not have grandkids with them, like one more date. And if I don't like them, I get to say no. I get a choice. I never felt like I got to have a choice. But for today, I get a choice. And the idea of being married is very scary Um, because it's like this forever like this is this person I'm stuck with this man who's quite hairy and complains about his back and the dishes and the traffic and all of these things he's not grateful the way I think he should be grateful because I'm not accepting who he is one day at a time I'm married to him so if next Thursday six months from now I'm like I'm out I get to make that choice I'm not trapped you know in program the only bad decision I can make is to leave program everything else can be figured out And um, in June, I left my job because my boss was not treating me with respect. I I was on a conference call, and I mentioned something, and she asked me to stay on the conference call, and she didn't realize I was muted, muted. So she was talking about how she asked her husband not to help me with something. And I was like, why is this person, you're spending all this money on this program, you don't want him to help me? Like, I don't think you're respecting me or respecting yourself. And I went, I hung up the phone, and I cried. And I called my sponsor, and she's like, do you have to do anything about it now? And I said, no. And then I spent time, and I thought about it and didn't respond to it. And about a month later, my employee gave me her notice. And that next day, I'm like, I'm leaving too. And this last, it's been almost five months, I have spent the time doing what higher power apparently wants me to do, which is the month in June and July, I tried to navigate, do I potentially want to start a family for myself, or is it for my mother? And it was for my mother because I want to give her the grandkid that my brother's not going to give her. It's just the two of us. My dad's gone. I'm the lone person who's got to carry this. I had to have the wedding so she could have, like, a wedding with her friends. I'm going to have to have the kid. But, like, really? Like, that's not mine. That's hers. But it was in my head, and it would have been something I ate over if I didn't have this program. And I went on a trip, and in the last two months about a month and a half, I have been going to as many networking classes that are free that I can possibly find. I'll go to one, and I'll meet people, and I'll talk to them, and I connect on LinkedIn, and I'll meet another. And it's like building a little spider web. And today I had an interview with someone who was the presenter from a program from a few weeks ago that I talked to because I got a job lead from her program. 
Like I saw people in the back who had this sweatshirt from the company I wanted. I was like, oh, can you refer me? And then I told the presenter, oh my God, I just met these people from your class. And she's like, oh, you're so wonderful, da 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 da. And then sent me an email the next day, hey, I think you should meet this person. And today, in my interview, this wonderful woman didn't really know what to do. Like we were talking, it was like an hour and a half, and we were discussing the product, discussing the product, and I was thinking like, this is like a date, and she wants to take me home, but she doesn't know what to do. We're like, what's the next step? Like we're both just kind of tiptoeing around it. And I was like, all right, higher power, like may this be your will. And I said, okay, so what does this look like for us? Like I can do full-time, maybe I start off part-time, and we just see how it works. We do a couple days and see if it's a good fit for both of us. And she's like, okay, what are your expectations? And I gave her what my salary expectations are. And she's like, okay. And then we got to leave. Pre-program Allison would not have had those words. She wouldn't have known how to navigate that. That is, that is a power greater than myself that gives me the words sometimes to say, hey, what's the next right thing? Or, you know, for me to advocate for myself at a restaurant or with my mother-in-law, who is very sweet and very wonderful, but she is a Jewish mother who has many opinions and knows what's right. And I planned a wedding where I did, I kept thinking, higher power, help me, higher power, help me. And I would plan something, and then the thought came into my mind, show it to her. Hey, I'm thinking of doing this. What do you think? So she got to have her two cents when really that was what I was going to do anyway, but she got to be a part of it. And then she said, sure, and then it was good. And I did another one, another one, and another one. Like these little things, like these bite-sized, pardon the French, steps took me to be like, I am now 10 years in a program, which I never would have thought possible. A year seemed like a miracle to me. 10 years? Who am I to have 10 years? I'm married? I'm in a relationship for five years? I have a good relationship with my mom? I shared at the Oakland Marathon in September, and my mom was in the audience. And I got to talk about her and say how much I love her and how grateful I am to this program because I get to have a relationship with her. For so many years, I was so angry with her. I was angry about my dad. I was angry she couldn't stop him from eating. I was angry that she was complacent and didn't speak up. And I also didn't see her as a sick person. And for today, like she's a person who's doing the best she can. And, and she's doing what she can do. But my job is to take care of me. And if I did want to have tiny humans to be the best possible parent I can be, so that I'm not angry or frustrated or like, because I know the moment we decide to do that, my life won't be my own. And my body and my food desires and all of this stuff is going to come in. And I just want to be an adult and make sure when I'm taking that step, I know what I'm doing. Because this program teaches me, like, you look before you just leap. Like, you, you take these steps. Like, is this what I want? Am I happy? Am I being taken care of? Like, is my higher power with me in this decision? You know, like, is this okay, higher power? And I had to do that with my, with my dating with my husband. There were a couple of things. I can't wash the dishes properly. He likes how he makes the bed. I don't make the bed properly. It might take him 45 minutes to pick a restaurant. And there was one other thing. And my sponsor challenged me to write these things out and was like, what if this never changed? What if he <laughs> always took 45 minutes to pick a restaurant? Okay, I'm going to pack a thing of nuts in my bag. Okay, like what if that's, if that's what it is Like versus him doing these other things? What if that is what it is? So what if he always does the dishes? Okay, like would that be so bad? What if every time I make the bed, he remakes the bed? Which by the way, now he lets me make the bed. So that slowly has changed. But like what if that never changed? Really? If those are like the three deal breakers, those aren't so bad for a person who's loving, kind, generous. He's the one who told me to quit my job. He's like, we can, we're okay. 
you're on my health care, we're fine. Like, you are not happy. And you should be happy. I have trouble letting people in. I have trouble thinking that I deserve and am entitled to love. Because for so long I felt unlovable. Any man who would want me, there must be something wrong with him. And the first few men I was with were married alcoholic men. Because my picker wasn't right. I needed time. And I had to work the steps. I had to not eat and go to meetings, as a fellow often says to us. Um, Put the food down, go to meetings. I had to be honest. I just don't want to be. But that is the only way. And there are times I can't be honest with myself, but I cannot lie to my sponsor. If I did something, I will tell my sponsor. It's like a truth serum. And I try to be that way with my sponsees of like, all right, so like, what's the real thing in there? Like, you can lie to yourself, but don't lie to me. Like, this is a pure relationship. This is between us and higher power for recovery. Like, this, no one knows, no one cares what your time is. But like, for today, I just, I want to be in a place of serenity where there isn't the noise, there isn't the fight, there isn't the fight, because there's always a fight, the moment I eat something that doesn't work for me, then there's like, when can I have it again, what's this other thing, like, I become this like, ramped up Tasmanian devil of neuroses, of like, not being present and centered, and just want to quickly say that, as a result, I get to be aware of things, maybe I don't want to see, but I get to help other people, because I can pick up on stuff, you're doing okay, are things all right, and they're like, oh, thank you, And I get to be of service. Because really, like, that's just a huge gift where I get so much out of giving service, which is amazing to me. Like, how do I get much more than what I have? Um, I just want to thank us all for being here today.